Um, so this week saw the end of two beloved HBO shows, Game of Thrones, obviously, and Veep. Veep is my preferred. You watched Veep, I watched Game of Thrones. I'm two seasons behind on Veep. We, um, I really like Veep, and I just need to catch up. We were very behind. We were two or three seasons behind mm-hmm. uh, one week ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now we are, or two weeks ago, and now we are all yeah. done. Well, <clears throat> and for me, like, Kelsey watched season eight of Game of Thrones with me week to week. Was eight the previous? The, this, this oh, season this that season. just ended. Okay. Had not seen the show previously. Okay. And so she watched all of season eight and was interested enough just in that. Okay. That I have now gotten her to go back and we watched seasons one and two in the past like six days. Okay. So I get it. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, did she understand what was happening in to a point. Okay. But, like, she's getting there now, having yes. seen the first two seasons. Game of Thrones, no one is shocked, is something I have zero interest yeah, in. Yeah, of course. And no and, ju- and it's not for you. And No, and look, part of adulting is realizing I don't feel left out in the least. That yep. show is not for me. Nope. Um, and Veep... And that's okay. Let me be clear. Veep is for me, sometimes it is a lot. Like, oh, yeah. I would just like to say, like, sometimes it is a bit much. Mm-hmm. So this is not my, like, endorsement if, like, my mom is listening that, like, <laughs> Veep is for her. No. Uh, um, Susie, please don't watch Veep. <laughs> but I love Julia Louis-Dreyfus, mm-hmm. and I love Tony Hale yep. so much. I love Tony Hale so much, and the end of that show... Somebody on Twitter was like, tell me the best season finale, series finales. And, it, and because series finales are hard. Yeah. Um, but I think Veep is up there. Okay. And I think Veep is a show that didn't go on too long. Right. Um, it was I, still like six seasons, I'm not a it? TV critic. Yeah. Something like that. I think one of those episodes you could have gotten rid of probably. Um, but... I thought this series wrapped up perfectly. Like, I can't imagine a better ending to it. Um, I heard lots of people talk about, in probably the same thread, The Leftovers. Okay, I've heard that. And so, I same. And I watched the first season and liked it, mm-hmm. but didn't, like, love it. But I've heard it's a show that gets better with every season. Okay. And that it closes on a perfect note. And okay. that everybody thinks it's a perfect s- series of television. What is your perfect, like, you know how... A perfect pilot would be ER or Lost. Right. What's a perfect, not where it encapsulates the whole series, but just the standalone series episode end was perfect. Like, I really do think Veeps should be up there. Avatar The Last Airbender. Is that a show? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I thought it was a show with, I mean, a movie with blue people. No, that's Avatar by James Cameron. (laughs) Okay. This is The Last Airbender, the one about the small monk. Okay. Never heard of it. Yeah. I mean, it it was after your time. It was a cartoon on Nickelodeon. But, Perfect ending. But it's very, very good. It's okay. some of the best writing on television, and I'm I'm not alone in that opinion. I'm trying to think. Jordan and I are about to wrap up Cheers. Okay. Again. Yep. Um, but I don't remember the series. I was going to say, I think controversial opinion, The Golden Girls has a great finale. Series finale? Yeah. Do you know I've never seen a full episode of Golden Girls? I think you'd like it. I think I would, too. I, I think just you'd never really did. like it. I've seen all of it two or three times. I think... Because it was on Lifetime when I was growing up. So in the summer, oh, you watched right. two hours of it back to back. Yeah. And it was a lot. <laughs> I think Friends was a really good series. And I mean, it was kind of schmaltzy, but like, I don't know when That's you go back... Friends I was, was about to say, when you go back and rewatch the whole thing... Friends went on for too long. Well, it did. But I don't... But let me assure you, when I rewatch it every year, mm-hmm. like clockwork, mm-hmm. I never skip a season. 
I liked the Gilmore Girls finale, the original one. The original finale, I did too. Mm-hmm. It's another show I think went on too long. Yeah. One, it had one too many seasons. Yes. Um, the um, Year in the Life finale, not so much. Boo, boo, two thumbs down. Yeah. Two but uh, but the down. original finale was very good. <laughs> the original finale is where we should have left that. Parenthood is a great finale. Really? I never oh saw it. Oh my goodness. We had to stop in our rewatch because it's too sad. So yes. we have four episodes left. Yeah. Um, that we've been just sitting on for months now because yes. because we're not ready. It's too sad. Even, I mean, if, think about, that's why I haven't watched that. Mm. Think about me in my dining room watching the Friends series finale yeah. and then having like emotional hangover from yeah. something that's, nobody dies. Right. Nobody even right. dies. That's just sad right. because all oh, these friends are leaving. Uh, so please, I can't even imagine me watching a Parenthood finale. Yeah. Um, what did we think about the Office finale? Not we. I think we all can agree that show went on too long. But the finale, I think, is excellent. I think the finale's really good. Yeah, I totally agree. The Michael Scott cameo that was just enough. Just enough. He did. He did not want that to be about him, so he just shows up in the perfect two moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelly and Ryan running yep. off together with and leaving baby Drake with yeah. with Nelly. Yeah, yeah, with Nelly. I think, and I thought it was. I actually really thought it was clever for them to like have a panel discussion about their documentary. Yeah, I thought that was clever. I really like the Office finale. Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec is a perfect series. Yeah, barring season one. Yeah. Um, but seasons two through six are yeah beautiful. And I thought that finale was clever. They mm-hmm. did the fa- flash forward. Thing. I loved the final season of Parks and Rec. Um, yeah. There are good ones. There are good ones. Good ones exist. What do you think? Now that Game of Thrones is done, America will watch together. I don't know. That's been a big conversation on Twitter recently. Somebody said, can we all agree to watch Anne of Green Gables every Sunday night instead? Like, Anne with an E, which is on Netflix. And I was like, yes, That's I'm funny, down yeah. with that. Or, I don't know, Big Little Lies starts next this week. Yeah, this week. This week in, in terms of when this episode comes out. Not uh, this week uh, now. Bummer. <laughs> yeah, time uh, words. I'm real nervous about that. Me too. I'm really nervous. They're leaving the source material. Mm-hmm. See, and so did Handmaid's Tale. Guys, mm-hmm. I know we're trying to make money, but could we also just make art? Can we just make new things? Yeah. <laughs> can we just... Can we just... Mm-hmm. Anyway. And I'm, I'm a person who likes franchise things and like, can we just make new things? Only because... I don't know. I did hear that Leanne Moriarty is like yep. write it, helping mm-hmm. write it. You might have been the person who don't. I that. think I told you that. Yeah. Um. You know what I would have. You know what I would have liked to see instead. Mm. A different Leanne Moriarty property. Yes, but with the same actors. So like. Oh yeah, like a like a. You know um, what I mean. Yeah, it's like an American Horror Story. Yes. What is that called? Anthology. Anthology. Let's do a Leanne Moriarty anthology. You use the same actors yes. playing different characters in a different plot. Yes. Let's do that instead. I would love that. Wouldn't you? Yeah. We need more anthology series. Those are so fun. Should I quit my job and write yes. for TV? <laughs> that long pause is all I needed to I said yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Welcome to episode 226 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I won't bore you with my titles. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. I don't know where it's like where our listeners live, but summer is here in full swing. Look, I walked to work yesterday morning, 
and I walked home and I said, okay, that was it. Because I yep. thought I could, there was a potential I could pass out. Not because I'm out of shape, although probably, but uh, no, it's too hot. And it's then I arrived hot. home and arrived to work so sweaty. Yep. So sweaty. So I was like, no. So I drove today. I was like, I can't. I think right. I'm done. I think I'm done probably till September. Right. And like last month I was in Michigan yeah. where it was 45 degrees yeah. every day. Yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah. And then I came home where it was 95. Yeah. The highs this week are 95 to 98 every yep. day. Every day. And like, I know we have some from the front porch stands who love it when we talk about yeah. how hot it is. Yeah. Rest assured, it's coming. It is coming. And I would like to say, if you are attending our reader retreat. Pack light. Pack light. But don't panic, you guys. It's just hot. Like, anyone who lives down here knows. It's just hot. It's hot. An observation I only very recently had yeah. is that nobody from Florida ever talks about humidity and everyone not from Florida only ever talks about humidity. Yes. I don't think I ever heard the word humid until I was like 18 or 19 and I'm being hyperbolic, but yeah. people not from Florida where it is so humid all the time love to talk about and compare like how humid different places are. And yeah. We don't do that. That's because, because we, we win. just live in 100% humidity <laughs> all the time. That's because we win. All uh, the time. I do have to laugh. Jordan and I, when we did our big Florida road trip a few years ago, and we went, it was probably July, end of July, maybe end of June, and we went down to like Miami, mm -hmm. and we were baffled at people wearing long sleeves yeah. in South Florida, uh -huh. and we were like, well, this is just how they live down here, because it is somehow even hotter there. I used to put on long sleeves when it was 75 degrees. I know. I know. I think that's absurd now. It is. It is, but I mean, I can't stress enough that this was July or June in yeah. Miami, Yeah. but I do think, first of all... I do think they wear a lot of linen blend down there. That's true. <laughs> I think that's different. And I think some of it is sun protection. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I think some of it is, because that's another thing. I was walking to work. I was walking on the way home yesterday afternoon, and I don't have a pair of sunglasses that's mm. not prescription. Right. And I only need glasses for far away. Right. So if I wear sunglasses, I cannot see right. who's coming toward me. Oh, you don't want to do the thing that I did this morning, wearing my sunglasses <laughs> on top of my glasses? I don't. Jordan does that, <laughs> and like, more power to you guys. It's terrible. I only do it in terms of necessity. But I just can't. So, um... So yeah, I either need prescription sunglasses, or I need to stop. Like, I... And so yeah. instead, I... Well, I walked home, and like... I now have our um, oscillating fan is on uh -huh. the front porch yep. plugged in like a, like the class act I am. Yep. And uh, bummed it up and sat on my porch and read my book and had a delightful afternoon. So it's not, it is miserable, but it's not yet, if that makes right. sense. Well, and it's also because we grew up in this. Yes. We're used to this. Yes. Like, I can deal with hot. Yeah. To Just a point. drink a lot of water, wear your sunscreen. And take some breaks. Take some breaks and probably don't walk to work anymore. Probably don't walk to work. I would walk from my parking lot to my office yesterday and yeah. uphill and Ooh. it was so much. No thanks. No thanks. Anyway, um, we're here to give you your summer reads. Yes. Your books for summer. This is seasonal reads summer, but it's also kind of a mashup with what we used to do our literary lineups. That's right. So we did literary lunch this week or now. Now it's two weeks two ago. Two weeks ago. Um, so we're going to give a summer literary preview. I will say, I think Ann Bogle's summer reading guide is out. Mm -hmm. Bitter Southerner's summer reading mm -hmm. guide is out. There are lots of good ones. Yeah. The, um, 
Good Housekeeping had a really great summer reading guide Look that I looked you at. reading Good Housekeeping. That was adorable. I googled summer reads. <laughs> that was the first thing that came up, and it was a very good list. Yeah, so maybe, could you link to those? For yeah, the, for the absolutely. Um, but, so these are ours. What I decided to do was give you a preview of Literary Lunch, which people paid for, so I didn't want to give the all... The whole thing, right. and it is coming out a two-week delay. Yeah. Um, and then Backlist, because I do think a lot of people in the summer are checking things out from the library yep. or they want paperbacks. So yep. I also have some backlist titles. Cool. Um, okay. So the first book that I wanted to preview, although we just talked about it, so I'm going to make this quick, is City of Girls yep. by Elizabeth Gilbert. Big old book. Big old book. But sometimes in the summer you kind of want a big old book. I agree. Um, but one that's not going to also bog you down. So I think... Like, there is nothing particularly hefty about the content in this book. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's a coming-of-age story of a girl who moves to New York City and kind of finds her community and builds her her life there. Uh, it crosses decades, spans decades. Every character is interesting, which there are a lot of characters, so that's kind of surprising yeah, that Elizabeth Gilbert was able to do that. Um, but it's, it's the exact kind of book, if you're taking a long flight, like, it's heavy, so... I know people are weird, like, they want to use an e-reader instead, whatever, do you? But I think on a plane, like, this one's not going, you're not going to finish halfway through the flight and be like, oh no, what do I read what next? What do I read? Yeah. Um, so I think, I think this is going to be on a lot of people's summer lists. Yeah. It tops mine. <clears throat> it's a, it's a big one. Um, the next one you've got here is Ask Again Yes, which I think is another hot book. Yes. And I would like to just say an appreciation to every person who tweeted, emailed, Instagram DM'd me and told me that this was a book of the month pick before yeah. book of the month announced it. Yeah. Keep those tips coming, guys, because I don't know what book of the month picks before they pick it, but we would love to know here. Yeah, bookshelf, when you've it, got your insider picks, that yeah. really does... <laughs> Send them to me. It really does help us out. Um, because it really did help uh, me with figuring out, and just the whole staff, actually, yeah. picking out shelf subscriptions. Um, nevertheless, whether you got this as a book of the month pick or something else pick it up it's it's one of my favorite books of the year i can't decide between this and the nickel boys so far uh, as like yeah. peak uh like top of the list but i this one is worth the hype and i know there are going to be people like me and like chris who are wary of hype and i get that yep. i understand that um but i promise this one is worth it if you like dysfunctional family lit mm -hmm. um if you liked commonwealths by ann patchett um and if you want to see a story span decades and different viewpoints. If any of those things appeal to you, I think you are going to love Ask Again Yes. I loved this book so much. It's a good book club book too. Let's talk about then your other top pick, The Nickel Boys. Yes. The Nickel Boys, we have talked about, mm -hmm. there is no denying that this is going to be hard. No, this is a heavy book. Um, Again, I am respectful. I want to be respectful of sensitive readers. So right. figure out what's best for you. But sometimes it's important to push ourselves to read hard things. Yeah. Um, Kelsey loved this book. Oh my God. I said during literary lunch that um, Colson Whitehead is a genius. Yeah. Somebody was so kind and was like, no, Annie, he literally is. He won the MacArthur Genius Grant. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was like, okay, good. Because I cannot get over There's a particular um, plot plotting decision in this book where once it happens, I my jaw dropped. I was floored at the decision making and the intellect that goes into this book not to mention the fact that it's about or it's based on the dozier school for boys right in mariana, in mariana florida. florida and it just made news again because yeah. they just found more bodies, uh, bodies. there yeah 
There are more than one. Yes, I think so. Um, and so if you are not familiar, Google the Dozier Boys. Um, it is horrific. Yeah. Um, and that story, the story of the Dozier School for Boys, is what Colson Whitehead based the Nickel Boys on. Yeah. Comes out in July. I loved it. My dad just finished it and loved it. Um, there's no denying it's hard reading, but it's good. Oh, it's such good writing and good storytelling and important. Yeah. Oh, it's so important. Um, I also want to talk about Family of Origin by yes. our friend CJ Hauser. This is one on both of our lists. Yes, absolutely. Um, I adore CJ. Yes. I make no secret of that on the <laughs> show. She is a dear friend. Um, and Family of Origin is her like big departure from her first novel, uh, The Fromaways, which we have also talked about a lot. Yes. But they are not really similar in any way. They're not. <laughs> Although I was thinking, and I I won't name the book I was thinking of here, but there are a couple, because there are a few, that's why I won't name them. Mm-hmm. There are, like, are a few authors where I feel like the first book was just what they had to do to uh-huh. like get published and, and, and get a book deal. And then the second book is the book they clearly wanted to write. Right. Does that make sense? That makes absolutely like the first sense. Book, and I say that as somebody who liked The Frumaways. Right. No, The Frumaways is very good. Yeah. I liked it. But you can tell this is the book. This is way more CJ's adult voice. Yes. Absolutely. Rather than like an MFA thesis that yes. got turned into a book. Yes. Um, I loved this one. I told fellow readers... This is quirky. Mm-hmm. Like so it's if, weird. So if you like Strangers and Cousins, then I think you're safe with this because Strangers and Cousins is also weird. I sent it out as my May shelf subscription, and I was curious what I was, what feedback I was gonna uh-huh. get. But most people really did like it. Family of Origin is similar in its weirdness. Yeah. Um, and there is there is a little thing uh, that so something that we will call light incest. Yes, but trust CJ. Yeah. Because she knows what she's doing. Yeah. She knows where she's going. It's not Game of Thrones. And it's, yes, and it's not what you think, and you'll be so glad you stuck with it. Yeah. Um, and I, by the way, I didn't feel like I was sticking with anything. This no, no, book no. is really compelling. It's very, very good. Um, very interesting. It's exactly, I said in the literary lunch that it is where your and my Venn diagrams completely overlap. Completely overlap yeah. Because it's just, it's got enough, enough weird. Enough little weird literary yeah, and scientific and philosophical stuff. things. But with just a compelling plot and yeah. dysfunctional family yeah. and yeah, no, it's, no, it's it's great. It's so good. It's so good. I and I, the cover's awesome too. The cover's great. I think this is one you're gonna actually want to own for your shelves. Um, and if you want to follow along with some of CJ's cover talk, you can follow the hashtag #DuckButt, <laughs> um, where people are tweeting pictures of duck butts at her because of the cover. It's adorable. It's very good. I love it. Uh, the next one I want to recommend, I have not read, but Lucy read it and I will be reading it. It's called Stars, um, Stars of Alabama. Mm-hmm. The reason I put this on the list was I love this author. So, so Sean Dietrich is Sean of the South. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got, was able to meet him at Word of South a couple years ago. I think he's an outstanding storyteller, like true Southern storytelling a la Rick Bragg. Right. Um, and what I mean by that is he's also incredibly kind. Right. So Rick Bragg has a stellar, as far as I know, a stellar sterling reputation. Sean Dietrich also does because they're just so personable and kind. Right. In person, he was delightful. He was an incredible speaker who clearly had put time and thought and effort into his talk. Um, and I really like his essays. So he's previously written almost kind of independently self-published um, these collections yeah. of... Four of them, I think. Yeah, of, of Southern writings and essays. This is his first work of fiction. 
So it's a debut novel. Lucy really liked it. It takes place during and after the Great Depression in the South. Um, So if you like historical fiction, I also think probably, I was talking to Lucy about this, I think if you like Charles Martin, this is probably going to be similar. Um, I, like I said, have not read it, but I wanted to put a historical fiction title on this list, and I want to support debut novelists who we, we love CJ. She's not a debut anymore. But like these authors who are really good at their yeah, craft. Very, and, very good. And also really lovely people. Yeah. That's rare. It is not <laughs> as common as we would like. No. And so I think I just want to support the work of people we really enjoy. And um, Sean Dietrich is one of those. And he's going to come to the bookshelf in September. Awesome. So, oh, that's um, so cool. So Stars of Alabama, if you like historical fiction, I think you should probably put that one on your list. Um, let's also then talk about the Lager Queen of Minnesota, which I would also kind of put in that category too. Yes. Um, Ryan Stradle's not debut anymore. This is a sophomore book, a sophomore novel, um, that I'm really excited to start reading. You recently finished. Oh, so good. I think it's going to be in my top 10, but unlike, uh, the Nickel Boys or even Ask Again Yes, there is nothing particularly hard about this book. Right. Um, now... That being said, I still teared up while reading it. Sure. Still laughed out loud while reading it. Like, he manages to write about relationships in this really beautiful way where one minute I really was laughing out loud at a situation, and then the next minute I was tearing up. Like, I felt very invested, particularly these are almost three generations Mm. of women, maybe two generations, but three really strong female protagonists, and their stories overlap with one another, and... The way he can tell a tale is it still has the very themes that made Kitchens of the Great Midwest Mm -hmm. so wonderful, but it's also different. Like, he's not piggybacking off of Kitchens. He's also made an original, complete story. This one got a starred review on Kirkus, too. Yeah, I saw that. Um, So, worth the hype. So good. Good cover, too. Yes. Um, Do you remember how disappointed we were with the paperback cover of Kitchens? Yes. Because it was such a beautiful hardcover, and then... It was like it tried to match the hardcover, like, because it had, I think, a similar illustrator, the same illustrator, but it pulled, like, one aspect. Instead of the whole thing, and I did not like it nearly as much. I think you're going to want to own this one in hardback. No, it's a really good one. It's so good. Do you have another Queen book on here? Yes, I have The Queen. Uh, This is me just speculating, because... We have nonfiction readers. Uh I try to read nonfiction on occasion. Uh, This looks fascinating. So this is by a Slate reporter. It is a look at the first, quote, welfare queen. So Mm. meaning she... And gosh, now her name slips my mind and I'm sorry. Um, But basically, this is a historical true crime kind of book. About now how we get these awful stereotypes. These terrible, largely untrue stereotypes. Yes, about welfare and people who abuse the system, etc. So this is looking at the first woman who kind of did abuse the system uh-huh. and how she used it to her advantage and to her... Fa- to her um, how she used it for her purposes. Um, but trying to analyze, she was ultimately caught for her crimes... How should she have been punished for that? Right. Uh, what level of punishment she, should she have been given for that? What kind of crime was uh-huh. that really? So it kind of, I think, is a social commentary. I have not read it. I just, I looked at it and I thought, this sounds really that interesting. That sounds interesting, yeah. Um, because I think it's going to be true crime. So Because she got away with it for a long time, is my understanding. So 
how she kind of was able to perp uh, perpetrate these crimes. And also, I think she did some other things that were questionable. And then, how did society view her? Right. Um, and what did that, what kind of impact does that have on today? You know what's wild? What? When you started describing this true crime story, I thought, you know, I want to listen to that on a podcast. Yes. <laughs> because that's our cultural moment. Yes, but that is what is happening right I now. I know. Because I read something. What was it? I'm like, I would rather listen to that in 25 yes. installments on a podcast. Yes. yes, I read something the other day where I thought the exact same thing. And I don't remember if it's a book I gave up on or what. But it was a book where I was like, really liked this. Could have been a podcast. That's so interesting. Which is kind of sad. A little bit. But um, also maybe not. That's yeah. just how media changes. It's just a storytelling technique. Like, yeah. It's the same, you know, the same, um, not rules, but like. No, but. I think you know what I'm trying I, to I say. I do, and I'm not going to bother trying to articulate um, it. But anyway, I I don't know. I will say part of the reason this one caught my attention, similar to you, mm -hmm. um, I immediately thought this would be a good book to listen to in Stitches and Stories. Yeah. So um, that is kind of why I picked this one, is I think it might make a compelling audiobook. Cool. Um, he's a slate reporter. I normally trust journalists with my narrative nonfiction. Mm -hmm. So anyway, there you go. It, again, that's one I haven't read, but I'm intrigued by all right, so I'm going to cut the list down a little bit and ask yes. you to do a lightning round of backlist. Yeah. Okay, so here are some backlist titles. Dark Matter, which Dark we Matter. both read and loved. Blake Crouch has a new book coming out next yes. this month. Recursion. Um, look, Dark Matter is just fun. Uh, I always like compare it to Harrison Ford 1990s film, and I mean that with the utmost praise. Yeah. Um, so good. Um, and one, like... Husbands and wives could read. Like, you could listen to it in your car. Like, yeah. th there are all kinds of ways you could read that book and really like it. Sons and Daughters of Ease and Plenty. Oh, yeah. Great family dysfunction novel. Back from the um, Kitchen's years. Yes. Quiet, Era. but I really liked it. You'll Grow Out of It for Funny Essays Snark. Klein. Yes. So funny. I was looking, and that was published two or three years ago, and I wish I'd... 2016, I think, wish yeah. wish I'd hear more from her. Mm. I really liked that book. Everybody Rise by mm. Stephanie Clifford. This is a page turner. I will never forget reading this in my kitchen while stirring. Like trying and to read. And you had like an unbound ARC, yes, right? Yes, it was so good about a young woman who is trying to keep up with the Joneses in New York City and failing at every turn. Um, think Sophie Kinsella, but more literary. Mm. Um, anyway, really like that. Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng. Mm -hmm. Even if you didn't like Little Fires Everywhere, which... But even some people didn't. Some people didn't. Oh, oh. Although, gotta tell you just real quick. Um, I know you didn't read Little Fires Everywhere. I don't think. No, I haven't. Um, I started listening to the audiobook, and then something else happened. Okay, but the somebody bought the TV rights. Yeah. I don't remember who. Uh, Joshua Jackson, Pacey Witter plays one of the characters, and I am <laughs> so excited. I'm so excited. Um. So anyway, if even if you didn't like, uh, Little Fires Everywhere. Everything I Never Told You is really fast-paced, similar vein to like Reconstructing Amelia, which is also really good. Um, kind of about the fallout of a child who is not alive anymore. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, the Shark Club is one oh, I just yeah. I just liked. Like I didn't love it, but isn't the beach made sometimes for books that are just fine? Just okay. Yeah, and, and, and yet enjoyable, because uh -huh. I think that's what I'd like to state. Like when I say a book is just fine, 
if I finished it, that means I probably liked it. Like, I really did like this book. It was just light and fun. And what I, the reason I recommend it for a summer book is because it takes place at a literary themed hotel. Right. Which, how very fun is that? That's what I remember about it. So, The Shark Club. Um, Female Persuasion, out in paperback Mm -hmm. this month, or last month. One of my favorite books of 2018. Excellent book club book. Uh, if you like the idea of City of Girls, but you don't want to take a hardback to the beach, take Female Persuasion instead. Um, Limelight by Amy Papel. Oh yeah, comes you like that one a lot. It's so cute, you guys. Who doesn't want musical theater meets Justin Bieber? Like, <laughs> I just think that's... I mean, what are we waiting for? Um, so that's adorable and wonderful. Out in paperback. Um, tomorrow There Will Be Sun... A hardback, yep. but good vacation book, along with Do Not Become Alarmed, which I've talked about many times. I really liked Into the Water by Paula Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody talks about that. We all still talk about Girl on the Train. Right. I actually really liked her follow-up. Um, that might be an unpopular opinion, but I enjoyed it. Anything by Mag- Megan Abbott. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're looking for essays, take good care of the garden and the dogs. Mm. So good. One that I actually weirdly own two copies of. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. Um, Hello Sunshine. Yeah. YouTuber or like trying that who's messed up and now has to restart her career. Uh, very reminiscent of that classic freeform show Young and Hungry, which yep. I weirdly adored. Uh, <laughs> And Daisy Jones and the Six, which lives up to the hype. And My Sister the Serial Serial Killer, which also lives up to the hype. And that's a quick read. So quick. Really, we should have that on the quick reads episode. We should have. Beach, to me, I don't know what your summer reading pattern looks like. Like, some people are planning out their summer reading. Mm -hmm. I do not do that. Um, I I don't do that in my reading life, really, in general. Um, I have a thousand things always that I want to read, and sometimes I'll pick one of them up. I was about to say, I will say sometimes, like, when I was reading the 9-11 book, I did think ahead to, what do I want to read after this? Mm. But I do not plot out my summer reading. If I do, I won't do it. Kudos to you, some, you know, you listeners who do that, because I know... Thanks to books again that some people do. Um, but that's not really for me. I like to leave some room for bookish serendipity. But I was curious, do you approach summer reading as the time when you do read your thick, hefty books? Or do you want quick, light fun? Because mine is a weird combination of both. Mine's also a combination. Okay. Um, and maybe most people My best like reading that. summers have been like two-thirds big, hefty things that I haven't had time to get to. And then light things in between to keep the momentum. So do you have books? Like I have not plotted out my reading for the summer, but I do have some books I would like to try this mm-hmm. summer. Do you have any of those? I do. What are yours? I mean, I want to finish a game of Thrones. I want to read Lager Queen of Minnesota. I need to finish family of origin. Uh-huh. Um, I'd like to, if I can get a copy of Ta-Nehisi Coates's the water dancer requested, requested, um, which sounds a little bit, too much like Underground Railroad to me. Oh, interesting. Um, and these are two geniuses, right? Yeah. Colson Whitehead and Ta-Nehisi Coates, like two literal MacArthur geniuses. Yeah. But I'm like, hmm, hmm, this is really similar. Yeah. Anyway, I want to read those things for sure. And then kind of what what else pops up? Yeah. I was thinking after our classics episode, so I, their eyes were watching God. I'm reading for Backlist Book Club. Mm-hmm. I really, we talked about it at the beginning of the year. I really want to read Lord of the Flies. And yeah. I think summer is the it's time so to do that. Quick. So And it's so quick. Um, Tyler from Avid Bookshop, um, he and I were messaging and he was like, uh, you could do that in a long afternoon. Yeah. And he said, which is the perfect amount of time for a book. And I was like, 
it's so true. <laughs> like, I just want a long afternoon and to read the whole thing. Um, so anyway, so I will probably try to read Lord of the Flies. And then, gosh, I'm already... This is the bummer, kind of, sort of. Mm-hmm. I will read definitely some books that are already out. I've got a whole stack. Um, Range, which looks really good. And it's about how being an expert at nothing. Yeah. Like, it's basically why liberal arts education is important. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I'm very curious about that. There's a book called Burnout about how women and men exhibit stress differently and mm. what that looks like. And so I'm curious about that. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious about some nonfiction. But then I'll also be reading for fall. And for winter, like I got an, a- an ARC the other day that I requested that I was like, oh man, this comes out in January. <laughs> and here is my thing. This is my weird quirk. And we've talked about it before on this podcast. I do not want to read cold weather books in the summer. I want those characters to be as hot and as miserable yeah. as I am. Yeah. I do not want to escape to a colder climate. Yeah. I want to, I want you to feel my pain. Right. Does that make sense? It does. So also on that Charles Yu who wrote, um, that book that I really like. Yes. Um, How to Live Safely in Science Fiction Universe. New novel coming out in January. Yes. So. Why did I see this? I don't know, but I want that. Okay. <laughs> I may have requested it for you. Maybe I did. That would be great. Um, I requested it several things because we're working on the fall yeah. lists already. Um, anyway, those are. Those are our summer books. Those are our summer books. Um, this has been Seasonal Read Summer. We're going to go outside now where it's 98 degrees, just like the band. We're going to burst into flame. Yep. Also that. of sin. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. From the Front Porch is a production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. It's produced by me, Annie Jones, and Chris Jensen, and edited by Chris Jensen. If you're interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about on today's episode, you can do so at bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. Thank you, as always, to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel from their album, Forlorn Strangers. Learn more at forlornstrangers.com or find them under their current moniker, The Rally Club. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch on Patreon and gain access to exclusive bonus content, check us out on patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch. You can also find us at our website, fromthefrontporchpodcast.com, for free web-only content and a full back catalog of our show with detailed show notes and links to further reading. This week in the bookshelf, a funny thing happened. We record new release Tuesday, Tuesday morning, first uh-huh. thing, and we try to do it at 9.45. Um, but this week, I had been out of town, so like I was trying to catch people. As you know, yeah. once the doors open, it's people kind of... Yeah, it's kind of just... You just never know. So... At 9.50, we watch a man try to get, come in, and we're, like, willing him to, like, just give us 10 minutes. But he's, he's like, looking around. He's sitting. He Anyway, so we finally, it, we're, like, we're never going to get to record this. So we're just going to go ahead. We'll record. There's nobody around. We're, like, he'll probably be our first customer in the morning. He'll come in, browse maybe, yeah. and leave. We'll record. So we, we start recording. We stop, let him in. He's looking for a Disney travel guide. We don't have one, or, or maybe I ordered him one. I cannot remember. Anyway, he leaves, so we hit record. Then Jinx, one of our regulars, comes in. It's her birthday, so we stop. <laughs> we talk to her. 
we then press, you know, she goes to the front of the store, so she doesn't leave, but we're like, we'll just record while she's here, that's fine. We hit record, we keep talking, a man comes in who's one of our regulars, and he, I, this is not a funny story, but like he has lost someone he loves, and so we talk to him for like 30 minutes, and then he leaves, we hit, my point is, <laughs> it took us one hour mm, to record this to five record minute this 10 minute yeah. episode of Nearly Susie, but I have never, I wish we had almost kept it all in, yeah. We didn't. I kept hitting pause and whatever. Uh -huh. But I almost wish we kept it in because it was such an accurate portrayal of life in a bookstore. Yeah. Like, it would have been a fun thing for people to hear. Yeah. Like, this is us interacting with Jinx and telling her happy uh -huh. birthday and telling her, oh, here's your recycled magazines you pick up every week. Like, here's, here's a book recommendation for this stranger. Like, anyway, it was just such a portrayal of, I love yep, that. this is a day in the life. That's us. Yeah, it's delightful. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>